Good morning, and welcome to today's edition of Tech 5 Coffee Break with Ben Harrison. You know, we live in a rapidly changing and confusing world of technology and media reporting that affects every one of us, both today and will probably do so far into the future. So each day, weekday morning, we try to look behind the news to give you a brief snapshot of events and trends that matter, where they originated and where they are taking us. This morning, I'd like to share information about the high-powered, fast-talking traveling salesmen or medicine men and so-called pharmacies packed with colorful bottles claiming to have all the medical cures for what ails you, although the contents of the remedies were more likely to be opiates or snake oil, rather than any scientifically sound healing. Not that much different from some of the so-called cures and options to approved COVID vaccines that are popping up and attracting the attention of anti-vaxxers today. The era of patent medicine, which stretched from the 17th into the 20th century, was successful in North America and England and was a response to the shortcomings of medicine at the time. The patent, in the name, didn't refer to any governmental approval, but the concoctions were marketed with extreme promises. Intoxicated by alcohol, opium, cocaine, and other unregulated substances, it's no surprise their users felt like the pills and tonics were doing something good, even if they became addictive or, at worst, fatal. Federal regulations eventually cut off this free trade of drugs. Opiates were readily available as painkillers and also marketed for even the treatment of children's coughs and colds and to keep fussy babies quiet. McMunn's Elixir of Opium was developed in the 1830s by John B. McNunn in New York, who mixed it with alcohol and adv uh, advertised the results for nervous irritability, as well as rabies and tetanus. And shoemaker Perry Davis manufactured his opium-based cures for cholera and other infections diseases, boasting the medicine was purely vegetable and no family should be without it. In the 1880s, Cocoa was named for one of its more shocking ingredients, cocoa leaves, and was marketed as a brain tonic. It was called Coca-Cola, as were numerous medicinals that included cocoa leaves in their brews. In 1890, you could pick up Allen's cocaine tablets for your hay fever, throat troubles, or headache at 50 cents a box. And in the early 1900s, both Ernest Shackleton and Robert F. Scott carried forced march cocaine and caffeine pills for endurance on their Antarctic expeditions. William Henry Hartley marketed a Buffalo Bill image to sell his products based on Native American tra uh, traditions. Hartley, who operated his Sequa Medicine Company in the United Kingdom between 1887 and 1890, used Wild West-style circus themes that rolled into town, all to sell Hartley's prairie flower and Indian oil cures for a variety of ailments, like stomach issues and liver disorders. Later, the ingredients were revealed to be organic material from the East Indies and cheap fish oil cut with turpentine. Petroleum jelly is still a common part of our medicine cabinets, but in the 19th century, oil was marketed as a treatment for everything from ulcers to blindness. Samuel Keir in Pennsylvania was trying to use up the incredible amount of oil created by his salt wells. And in 1852, he launched his Keir's Petroleum, or rock oil, as a 50-cent cure-all, 
He later distilled the same petroleum and successfully sold it as a lighter fluid. Cannabis appeared in Western medicine by William O'Shaughnessy's studies with the British East India Company in the 1830s. He saw it as an effective prescription for pain and was selling it as a cure-all. His Pizos tablets were advertised for women's ailments and contained a mix of cannabis and chloroform. Arsenic was long used in traditional Chinese medicine as well as a Victorian cosmetic. Patent medicines regularly incorporated the poison mercury and lead were sometimes present in the more toxic remedies, and both arsenic and mercury would be used to treat syphilis. Patent medicines were sold to stop grayness, dandruff, and regrow lost hair. Their ingredients included lead, borax, cochineal, which are smashed red insects, silver nitrate, arsenic, and heavy doses of alcohol. Healthone, obesity path powder in a hot bath, was touted to reduce obesity, and that soaking with the powder twice a day would remove extra pounds. The powder was mostly perfumed sodium carbonate, which perhaps gave the bath water a mineral feeling. And Dr. Williams' pink pills for pale people were among the treatments aimed at anemia. They were made of iron oxide and magnesium sulfate and promised to cure everything from paralysis to cholera. The list goes on and on, just as we currently and in the months ahead will continue to see non-scientific cures for COVID-19 and Omicron. The social network has been buzzing these last few weeks with a video by Christopher Key, leader of the anti-vaccine organization Vaccine Police, extolling the virtues of urine therapy to his followers, claiming that piss can help cure COVID and is actually more effective than the vaccine. When contacted to defend his claims, Key said his urine therapy is an effective tool to avoid catching COVID. 19. Instead of the foolish people who received the vaccine, it is proven safe and effective, and we have tons and tons of research on urine therapy. He added, I know to a lot of you this may sound crazy, but guys, God's given us everything we need, and you should know I drink my own urine. Well, there you have it. Be careful of what you see and hear. You've been listening this morning to Tech 5 with Ben Harrison from Muskoka's only nonprofit radio station, Hunter's Bay Radio, 88.7 FM. Now, if you haven't already done so, for heaven's sake, go and get vaxxed.